Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Welcome to another edition of March Madness 365. I'm your host, Andy Katz. And on this edition of our show, we're going to be joined by Kansas Hall of Fame head coach, Phil Self, Missouri's Conzo Martin, and Xavier's Trayvon Blewett. But before we get to the interviews, a couple of things I just want to run down very quickly. Some storylines in some of these key conferences that I think that uh, you need to digest here as we get close to the holidays. First, in the American Athletic Conference, it's really looking like you're getting those four elite teams of Cincinnati, Wichita State, Houston, and SMU. I think a little separation is occurring in the American. In the A-10, the two best teams are emerging as the two potential candidates to win this league in Rhode Island and St. Bonaventure, both finally healthy. E.C. Matthews at Rhode Island, Jalen Adams at St. Bonaventure, both healthy. In the ACC, the storyline right now is what's happened in Notre Dame. Losing to Ball State at home, losing to Indiana in the Crossroad Classics in, in Indianapolis. This Notre Dame team, which won the Mallee Invitational over Wichita State, they've got some questions right now heading in to the ACC once it starts here after the new year. In the Big 12, I think I can honestly say this. We're going to talk to Kansas State coach Bill Self about this. All 10 are in play. All 10 right now may feel like they have a legitimate shot of getting into the NCAA tournament. Now, they all won't get in, but who knows? They all potentially could get in. Uh, in the Big East, I think we're going to get a Villanova-Xavier 1-2 in some order. Two great games coming up in the Big East season. In the Big Ten, creating some separation with Michigan State and Purdue, and that second tier is wide open from three on down. You can put a host of different teams. There's no bad team. One through 14 is going to be very difficult wherever they go. In the Mount West Conference, UNLV, Nevada, and Boise, I think that's the separation right now that we're seeing in that league. In the West Coast Conference, and St. Mary's, there's three right now. BYU is in the mix. Gonzaga the best, clearly. But BYU, I think, will have to be taken seriously after they knocked off Utah at home. In the Pac-12, it's a two-team race, both out of Arizona. Arizona State and Arizona, those are the two to watch. In the SEC, a big jumbled mess in a good way. Kentucky, A&M, Arkansas, Alabama, Tennessee, Georgia, Missouri, if Florida can get their act together. What do we make of Auburn, Mississippi State, LSU? There is not going to be an easy game among that whole group. Kentucky still the favorite with A&M right there but they're going to be pushed. It's not going to be crazy if they lose some games in the SEC and it won't affect them as much as it would in the past in terms of the high seeding. And I think they're going to have a banner year in terms of selection. And then finally, how about the Patriot League? You could legitimately have Army and Navy challenging 1-2 for that automatic berth out of the Patriot. All right, so that's sort of a little of a canvas of the national scene. Let's get to our interviews, starting off with Kansas Hall of Fame head coach, Bill Self. And now joining us here on March Madness 365, the Hall of Famer and a new grandfather, head coach of the Kansas Jayhawks, Bill Self. Let's deal with that first on a personal level. Uh, what's it like now to be a granddad? Well, it was uh, uh, pretty amazing. Uh, you know, I, I know I was I was in a meeting and uh, 
they sent me pictures while I was in the meeting because I didn't know that Lauren had had Ella yet. And and I'm sitting there, and I opened it up, and I think tears started running down my face. And the guys in the meeting were thinking, probably, what is wrong with this dude? Hey, what we're talking about isn't emotional at all. And uh, uh, But certainly, yeah, it's great. And they're, they're all doing well and, and uh, very excited to see them over the Christmas, Christmas break. I mean, how about this year? You get into the Hall of Fame. You become a grandfather. Um, can you put in perspective what, in terms of life changing, you know, this has been for you professionally and personally? Well, I don't think it's anything uh, life changing professionally, to be real candid. I, I, I mean, it was an um, unbelievable uh, uh, honor, unbelievable uh, weekend, uh, uh, very humbling and, and all those things. But I don't think from a, from a, you know, I, I didn't, I certainly didn't become a different coach, uh, uh, because of that. And, and I, I'm, I'm fully aware of, of so many people that have done so much for our sport and for others, uh, that, you know, I, I, I really feel undeserving, uh, uh, to be quite candid, uh, to be a part of that group, but, but obviously very honored and, and, uh, but being a, being a grandpa or pops or gramps or whatever, I guess I'll be, I, I think is, is something that, that it will be life changing and something, something that, uh, uh, will will be uh, uh, something to look forward to each and every day, knowing that knowing that uh, we got one that we can we can hold, spoil, and then we can actually give back to mom and dad. <laughs> yes. So let's put things in perspective. So obviously you've accomplished a ton. Things are going well personally. Um, this team. Now you got to get back into the weeds of this this team. You, you survived the two game losing streak, losing to Washington and KC, and then a very good Arizona State team, obviously that we could have seen at home uh, a couple Sundays ago, uh, and then you win the way in the manner in which you won at Nebraska. Where do you think this team is right now uh, as you get closer to Christmas? Well, I, I think that we're, we're incomplete. You know, we, we certainly need some more bodies. We, we, we picked up a body, uh, Sam Cunliffe, uh, uh, obviously uh, transferred from Arizona State, who's, who, who, who can definitely help us. But he's a guard, and, and and we already have you know I consider five pretty good perimeter players, but but we're, we're we've been forced to play small. I mean, really small, one hundred percent of the time. We haven't played with two legitimate bigs or 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 a, uh, uh, two legitimate forwards. Uh, I, I don't believe one one meaningful possession this year. So we've been forced to play small uh, because of uh, Billy Preston's been held out and. We're, we're we're hopeful that we get some uh, uh, a young man eligible here in the next uh, few days. Uh, uh, Silvio D'Souza, who who is who is uh, graduating from IMG, and we signed him early, so so that that changes our look immediately, Andy. But but uh, hey, other than that, we played, you know, and you can't do this, but hey, we had a crappy five days. I mean, a crappy five days. Other than that, you know, good gosh, that's about as I think about as well as I thought we could do. Uh, winning at Nebraska, I'm not going to apologize for winning at Nebraska by no, uh, one shouldn't. point because they, they, hey, they're good. That I mean, and at home yeah. and and the crowd and and everything, and we hung in there and we we didn't we didn't shoot the ball particularly well at all, and that's what we have to do to in order to look good is to shoot it well. And I think we were seven to twenty two, uh, seven to twenty two from the field and uh, from three. So so I, I was pleased with that, and we had to make a play late. 
and get a stop late. But but this team has been inconsistent defending, and and certainly uh, in toughness type areas, we're not as tough as what we were uh, in past years. And and certainly there's reasons for that when you lose a Mason or Jackson and those type of or Selden and and those type of guys and Landon Lucas. But 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 we got to get tougher. Uh, uh, that's obvious. We're still really young, except for. Except for uh, uh, obviously three guys, Svee uh, and, and Devonte and Legerald, uh, uh, but I, I think we're getting ready to get better. I, I don't I don't dislike where we're at. I just I just think our mindset sometimes is a little bit soft, and and certainly we got to improve that. But I think it is improvable. I I, I do think we can get better with that. So on on D'Souza and Preston, um, what what do you think the timetable is on uh, when you can get them, and then if 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 you get them, how do you integrate two players that really have been, you know, a part of this, uh, you know, the, this the part of the season so far? Well, Billy will be easier because he's been with us, you know, up until up until the the, the first game of the season. You know, he's been a, a, a you know an integral part of what we're trying to do. You know, we thought all along we'd been playing with, with two bigs, with he and Udoka. And so even though, and, and it's going to take him a couple of weeks because obviously he's, he's lost uh, uh, a little bit here since he's been held out because he hasn't you know worked out or with the first team at all or anything like that. He's been on the scout team in the second group. So it's going to take a couple of weeks. And, and Silvio will for sure take a couple of weeks. But you know, I'm not looking at it where we'll be January one. I'm looking at it more where can we where can we be February one, and and you know it's it's not going to change our team immediately overnight from a uh, from a uh, production standpoint or from from looking better standpoint. It can buy us some minutes where I think we can play those guys some until until they get comfortable. But after they get comfortable, I mean, we go from being a real thin team to a very deep team as long as we can get them. You know. Silvio obviously still got to qualify, even though we think it looks very good, and and Billy still got to be allowed to play, which that has not occurred yet. So so, uh, but we're optimistic on that front. So you know where we are right now and where we could potentially be a month from now is could be night and day, or I guess potentially it could be the same. You know, in worst case scenario. So so there's still some unknowns about our team. So with that being said, the the league you know, I think was predicted to be more of a, a rebuild, if you will, but you know, nah, clearly it's, it's no, I mean, it, clearly, uh, I, I think, I, I don't think there's any problem saying this, that one through 10 right now have to feel like they have a legitimate shot. Now all 10 aren't going to make it, but they've done something. All 10 have done something to where they could be in position to be in the tournament, you know, and it'll play itself out. So with that being a sort of a backdrop, how do you look at, as we get closer to the Big 12, about how competitive this could be? Oh, it's going to be ridiculous. You know, we, and we've had some success in the league, obviously, over time. But, but this will be as hard as it, it's ever been to win the league. I mean, to think six teams right now ranked in the top 21 uh, uh, in the country. And, and I think West Virginia is 10. And then everybody, but everybody's you know grouped in there pretty much the same. And and we have not hurt our we have not helped ourselves from a ranking standpoint, having lost a couple of games. But but uh, uh, this is going to be a situation if I mean you got to win at home. Think about it. You got to win at home, and then then try try going uh, five and four on the road against teams that are every bit your equals every night. 
And and that's what whoever wins our league is going to have to do that. I mean, whether it be four or five that could win the league, I don't know. But 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 it, it it'll be a it'll if this is going to be a monster and and Oklahoma State was preseason pick ten out of ten, and and you know they've already they've already beat Florida State. Uh, you know, is in a, in, a, in a great ball game, and hey, Iowa State is had lost a couple early, and I think they've run off like eight in a row, and. I think TCU may still be undefeated. We know about Baylor. Look at what Oklahoma's done. I think they jumped to like 16th in the country or 17th. And, and, uh, and then, of course, West Virginia had the one loss early, and they've been perfect since then. So Texas it, Tech it, obliterated it, it, Northwestern. Oh, te- oh, Texas Tech has looked great. Uh, and, you know, the Nevada win that TCU and Texas Tech had, that, that's a good win. I mean, they were in the top 25 when, when they played. And so – yeah, there's a lot of things going on that's very positive with our league. Uh, you know, Kansas State to me is is a team that could beat anybody any night because they defend so well. So, it, this is going to be a, a, an interesting league and and uh, one that that in in, in all honesty, uh, if you if you're going to be the last one standing this year, you would have definitely earned it. Well, have you had a chance to see any tape, any highlight of Trey Young yet? Oh yeah, well I recruited Trey. We recruited Trey as hard okay. as anybody. I meant like at Oklahoma so far. I mean he's leading the country. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he's he's, he's, another, he's been terrific. And, and clearly helps the league's pro. I mean, not that it needs it, but just another big time talent that's in the Big Twelve uh, this season could end up being you know one of the best players or player of the year. And you guys have seen that before. Well, you know, you look at when when we were. I mean, we we had. Durant, Blake Griffin, and Michael Beasley; those were the three best players in the country, back to back to back years. And 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 we've had you know Buddy Hill's been a national player of the year. Frank Mason's been a national player of the year in the last two years. And certainly, you know, Trey's put himself in a position. I mean, he's going to be a first team All American. He may be national player of the year. I mean, he's had, he right. he you know averaging twenty eight and eight and and. Uh, and 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 maybe numbers drop a little bit once they get into the league, but everybody does across the country. I mean, uh, uh, but he's going to be a guy that that's 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 putting up, you know, Durant, uh, uh, Beasley, uh, Tisdale. You know, he's putting up those type numbers uh, and has a chance for that to to sustain that, which is incredible considering you know he's a he's a six one six two guard. It, it, he's he's been pretty remarkable so far. So if you can win 14 in a row, do you think you'll look back and say this might have been one of the hardest? Oh, there's no question. Yeah, no question. You know, with this team, we're not talking about the streak. We just like to win one with this team. But right. but, uh, uh, but, but certainly, yeah, there, there, there's been and, – and, and, you know, and our team is, is, uh, is not whole. And hopefully we're not going – hopefully we're going to get more whole than we are right now because right now we got to – you know, right now, you know, going into it where you're – you got you're basically you know suiting seven or eight guys that you can put in a game. That that's 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 not a formula for success. You know a sprained ankle or or two poor short shooting nights, which which is kind of what's occurred. Next thing you know, you know you you come up uh, you come up empty. So we we like to have more more bullets and more options. I love I love our guys, but 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 over a course of a season that'll wear you down. And and uh, but I do th- I do think we got a chance to be to be pretty good, Andy. I, I do. I don't know that. I don't know that we were we were deserving of of uh, you know a preseason top five type team, but you know Billy Preston, you know without question is our best prospect in the gym. And if you can bring in another guy that 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 is a, a legitimate prospect like Silvio, I, and, and you got good guards, I think it's just a matter of time before I think we could look pretty good together. Last thing before I let you go, 
Arizona State's still undefeated. They've sort of come out of left field, at least nationally. Obviously, they had veteran players coming back. Um, that's going to end up being, you know, maybe the, if not the one of the toughest games that you guys will have played this season. What were your impressions of the Sun Devils? I thought they were terrific. I, I, I thought that their their guard play was was great. Uh, you know, everybody talks about their starters, but but Remy uh, uh, Martin came in and you know he he totally controlled the game with his. Uh, quickness and his activity. Uh, I, th- I think they're. I think they're good enough inside that they can neutralize folks. But on the perimeter, I, I, th- I think that that they they may have the best set of guards in the country. And uh, you know, our, our our non-conference schedule is. You know, you got Arizona State who three. You got Kentucky. Uh, obviously, I think they're six or seven now. And and we got Ari- uh, uh, Texas A&M. Uh, Late uh, later in the in January, and I think they're they're like nine now or eight. I mean, not too many teams from a non-conference standpoint, you know, are going to play three ranked in the top ten non-conference. So, uh, yeah, our our schedule's been pretty good, but certainly, uh, I didn't think we played great against Arizona State because we didn't guard. But I think there was a reason why they made us look bad too, because they were really really good. Well, Bill, congratulations on being a granddad. I, I, I knew you when you you know. Geez, I that would, couldn't even imagine that. You know, almost twenty years ago, well, thinking about that. Well, yeah, yeah. You know, we we there's no way that that either one of us are old enough for anything like that to happen. I must have started so young, you know, uh, uh, to to have this happen. But it it it, it is pretty awesome, and and certainly, uh, uh, I'm glad we got back in the winning column because she was zero two. Uh, and, <laughs> until we we until Speed made that shot at Nebraska, so. Uh, I guess I, it could be hard to hold her responsible, but we can't blame it on ourselves, so I guess we'll have to, though. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, appreciate it, Bill. Thank you. Okay, bud. Coming up on March Madness 365, Missouri head coach Conzo Martin. Now joining us here on March Madness 365, Missouri head coach Conzo Morton. Uh, the Tigers, starting this week at nine and two overall, uh, have been really, you know, having I think an outstanding season despite having, you know, a major injury to a player that obviously they were counting on in Michael Porter Jr. A um, couple of hiccups here and there, but uh, really have to be pleased where they are at this point in the season. So, Conzo. Uh, dealing with that kind of injury, a player that you're expecting to have a major impact and having to sort of reorganize, if you will, who's going to play what role, what responsibility, how, how challenging was that to deal with on the fly? Well, I think the tough part was uh, we, we almost found out five minutes before the tip against Iowa state. Uh, Mike just said he couldn't feel like he couldn't go. So you, so you make adjustments and just kind of go from there. I think it really started to set in because the energy that night against Iowa State uh, took care of itself with the fan support and the excitement. But then after a couple of days, it started to set in that there could be a reality that Mike wouldn't be there. So that part was tough to deal with. Uh, when you got a guy kind of like a brother to the team, Mason, literally got a brother and a dad on a team and staff, uh, that's not an easy thing to deal with. But I think our guys did an admirable job making adjustments. You know, what I, I think is great, and I, I remember saying this at the time, that uh, your statement, the school, how everyone made sure that, you know, he was going to be taken care of and whether or not he ever plays for the University of Missouri, uh, that's irrelevant. 
his health is number one. And we've seen this before. You know, if a player has a cardiac issue or something like that, a medical issue where they can't play and maybe they're not as high profile and the university is going to take care of them. Um, how much do you think this speaks to the sort of the greater, you know, good of what a scholarship can do for an individual once you step foot on that campus? Well, I think it's very important, one, uh, because in making those decisions, I had four knee surgeries, two before I stepped on a college campus and at Purdue. Gene Cady, the training staff, Dilly Miller, Larry, and those guys did a tremendous job of making sure I was healthy first, uh, constant rehab, even though I didn't like it at first, but just really making sure I was healthy. And that was the most important thing. And, and also Coach Cady making a statement that I don't care if he ever plays a game, I will honor his scholarship. So that meant a lot to me as well as my family. And I think in Mike's case, when you're talking about health, for me it's more of a dad making a decision as opposed to a coach making a decision. So the most important thing was just Mike being healthy. And he'll be successful. He's a really good student in the classroom, so that that's not an issue. But just to make sure he's healthy, and that is the most important thing. Now, after that, that's how Mike's body feels and what the trainers and the doctors said. I've never been a coach that questioned doctors and trainers about what they're doing, when should a guy get on the floor. It's never been an issue for me, and I stay completely away from it. One other sort of thing to just to put a bow on this, um, you know, I was talking to Robbie Hummel about when he had his surgery at Purdue, his second one, I think. And, you know, he said that Purdue flew him to New York and he had, you know, one of the top guys doing his ACL surgery and they put him up in a hotel for four days. And, you know, we talked about how that kind of decision could maybe help him for the rest of his life. And you think if, you know, if, if Michael had to deal with surgery and he wasn't at Missouri, not that it wouldn't be as good, but you know you're getting great health care. How much do you think that is not sort of stated enough, that aspect of a student-athlete's life of, you know, while they're there on campus, the kind of health care that they can receive that can help them for decades to come? Well, I like to think for every campus, pretty much regardless of level, you have some of the best doctors and trainers. They spend X amount of hours to making sure your student-athletes are successful, and not just basketball, but all sports, to making sure they're healthy. And I think that is very important. And it's oftentimes overlooked, not that the doctors and trainers need credit for that, but those guys behind the scenes do a tremendous job. And I, and I give a lot of credit when I played to the trainers, Larry Leverance, Gary Johnson, all those guys, Denny Miller, when I was in school, to make sure I was healthy enough to play. Because when I stepped on campus, they said I might be able to play a year at best. So those guys did a tremendous job. And so what is his status in terms of rehab and all that right now? Right now, he's not. He's basically starting rehab. So he's rehabbing. He's walking around. So he's never never been in a situation where he really couldn't walk. So he's walking around. Um, looks good. Uh, but, but no play, nothing with the team, no one-on-one, none of that. Just maybe getting some shots up on his own, but nothing as far as activity is concerned right now. All right, so let's shift to your team. What has been – what has made this group so cohesive, if you will, uh, over the first 11 games? I think the first thing that you can't overlook, uh, the good guys. And I think they have, a, for their age, a good level of character and a willingness to be successful and a, and a willingness to see my teammate have success and just taking pride in winning games because we, we've had some tough years here. So I think for our guys, especially the guys that are returning, whatever it takes to win games. And I'll give you an example of Terrence Phillips, a guy that was a starter for most of his career in two years. And now he's probably averaging you know, 15, 16 minutes for us. And it's a guy that can make shots, can make plays for us. So he accepted a different role, but he's probably our best cheerleader and our best energy guy. And that's not an easy thing to do for a young guy to all of a sudden have so much success. And even though the team is having success, 
but I'm not playing as much. And I have, so I have to have a lot of pride in me to accept the fact that if this is what's best for our team, I have to do this. So hats off to Terrence Phillips, because again, that's not an easy thing to do. And if, if there's an aspect right now where you say, you know what, we're better than I thought statistically or on the floor. And here's another area where we've got to improve before we get into the heart of the SEC. What, what are they? Every we got to improve. I think the first thing is offensive is getting the ball inside because we have big guys that can score the ball. But our, but our guards are shooting it well and they're making plays. But we, we spend a lot of time with telling those guys to pound that ball inside because we have very unselfish bigs, but they can score the ball. So we got to get the ball inside. And I think defensively, I think we're a good defensive team. We can be a lot better, but really improving our one-on-one defense. Uh, and I think just for all five guys, because what happens as the level of competition goes, we play some teams where you got to guard each individual guy. There's not so much help every time down, and we have to become better one-on-one defenders. You know, after the Stephen F. Austin game, you're going to play Illinois uh, in the annual game in St. Louis, and then you get into the SEC starting at South Carolina. This Illinois game, you know, it's, it's basically a new event, obviously, in your respective roles, you know, for you and Brad Underwood you know, for the most part of, you know, going against each other in this kind of a game. What, and you grew up in the area. So what, what does this game mean, do you think, to Missouri, to you? Well, for me, it's exciting. And I, I think just, just to coach the game, and, and, and I don't say one is more exciting than the other, but I mean, because of the game, what it is, the magnitude of the game, the location of the game. And I just think it's what's needed for both fan bases, not only both states, but also the country, because it's, it's that time of year and the fans, even around the country, expect a high-level game, a lot of intensity, a lot of excitement, uh, and you look forward to it. There's certain, there's certain games in all sports that you mark on your calendar, and this, and this has to be one of them. What has it been about your transition to Mizzou that maybe has gone better for you personally, uh, professionally, than maybe you didn't anticipate when you first, uh, when you first said, you know what, this job's going to be the right one for me? Well, I just think really is wisdom. Uh, I take a tremendous amount of pride in growing every year as a coach, learning, studying, uh, evaluating. But I just think wisdom. It's my 10th year as a head coach, and you learn, you grow. And, I'm, of course, I'm a lot better than I was, you know, 10 years ago, eight years ago, because you grow, and there are things you learn. You simplify things. Uh, you understand things. I think things move a little slower for you uh, as far as understanding. Uh, you don't jump at as many things as you would when you were younger. So I just think the wisdom and, and, and prayer and, and just time. And if there's a player that you think maybe we're going to be talking about a little bit more deeper into the SEC on this team, who is it? Well, it's hard to say one guy, but I think we have quite a few. I think, you know, you have some talented guys. Our young guys are talented. But I think, you know, Kevin Perry and Jordan Barnett, you know, two experienced guys, two battle-tested guys, and guys that bring different things to the table and, and, and very much needed in our program. Well, Konza, we appreciate it. Um, Love, obviously, what you're doing there. And, and really, this is a program that I think needs to be good, not just in the SEC, on campus, but in college basketball. It's a program that's got great history. And when Missouri's good, I, I think it's really good for the game. So we appreciate it, Conzo. Thank you. Thank you, Andy. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to you. Same to you. Coming up next on March Madness 365, Xavier senior, Rayvon Blewett. And now joining us here on March Madness 365, Xavier's Trayvon Blewett, who is off to an outstanding start this season. 
Uh, as we are taping, he is averaging 21.4 points a game through 11 games, and the Musketeers have been a great watch more than anything. I mean, they really have. Uh, uh, outside of a second half against Arizona State, and you could argue maybe a first half against East Tennessee State, uh, this team's been really just rolling. Uh, uh, Trevon, uh, how do you explain the way this group has meshed together so well outside of maybe those two halves this season? Uh, I would say, you know, that we matched pretty well um, and very early. Uh, we're a group that, you know, is close on the court and off the court. And, um, you know, we, we all had a sense of chemistry, uh, you know, in the open gyms in the summer. You could kind of see us um, building the chemistry then, and it was building kind of fast. And, um, you know, we just carried it over all the way to the season. And like you said, besides those two halves, um, those mental errors, I mean, for the most part, we've been, um, pretty good. Still feel like we haven't played our best game yet, but so far so good. So if you can pinpoint maybe what went awry, I mean, Arizona state, look, they're having a great year and they're shooting the ball like no other team in the country right now. Um, maybe, maybe a better question is then what went awry in that East Tennessee state game? Because that was, that was much more of an outlier the way you guys played in that first half. Yeah. You know, um, you know, we just didn't get shots to fall. Uh, I feel like most of the game uh, we played hard. Um, on the offensive and defensive end, you know, they just had a pretty good night and credit to them. They're a pretty good team, but, um, you know, we just didn't have shots to fall. Um, <clears throat> couldn't finish around the basket. And um, sometimes you go have games like that, but I think uh, we just, we just stay mentally strong. We stay in it the whole time. And we knew that we always had a shot. Look, the Cincinnati game was as intense as ever. We know that um, you've experienced it uh, throughout the course of your career. How do you explain for those that haven't played it, or maybe those that haven't even witnessed it, what that rivalry is like? Oh man, it's a it's a top notch rivalry. Um, you know, one of the best in the country. And you know, whether you play at Xavier, whether you play at Cincinnati, that atmosphere is just going to be crazy. And um, you know, playing it in my freshman year, you know, I usually typically don't get nervous for games, but you know, that one in particular just kind of had me shaking a little bit. So. Um, I mean, you know, it's a very competitive rivalry. It goes back and forth. And, uh, you know, it, it's the bragging rights for the city of the year, so people take it very seriously. Now, the fans do, but how much is there animosity between the two teams, like if you guys see each other, you know, out of season? I mean, I feel like, you know, we, we're, we're fine. I mean, uh, you know, there's, there, there's no really, you know, not too much hostility between the two groups. We just like to go out there and play. Um, we're two groups that are very competitive. Um, and that's what makes the game even better. And, um, yeah. Now, before we move forward, I, you know, I, I mentioned Arizona state, they're off to a phenomenal start. You saw them firsthand. What impressed you about the Sun Devils? Uh, they're a feisty group, you know, um, they're led by their two seniors. Um, and they got another one coming off the bench that are all like six foot, but they can go. And, um, uh, you know, they make that whole team go. They play with a lot of energy. They're very physical. And, um, you know, when you play with that high confidence, uh, it's hard to beat you. And, uh, you know, it shows, you know, they went to Kansas and they got the win there too. So, um, you know, they're a good group. What's the best way to describe what's it like to play for Chris Mack? I would say, oh, best way. I mean, he's I mean, just freedom, you know, freedom. He, he recruits guys that just have a good feel for the game that know how to play. And, um, you know, he pretty much just puts continuity in and then, um, you know, he, he trusts us with the ball and let us, um, you know, he lets us go on the offensive end. Defensively, um, I would say he's feisty. You know, he makes sure we're, we're the tougher team, the nastier team, um, and the little things like rebounding, you know, being the first to the ball and stuff like that. But um, I would say he's a player's coach. Um, you know, he just he, he lets us go. He's played in college, so he knows how it's like. Um, 
yeah, I would say, you know, he's a pretty good coach. Love playing for him. You guys got close last year. A little bit of a surprise maybe to get to the Elite Eight. Um, what is it about this group that you think you've got the goods to maybe take it one step forward forward and get Xavier to a Final Four? Well, first off, we have uh, like six guys returning from that Elite Eight team. So um, just to have that experience and know what it's like, um, bringing into the next year, um, that's always an advantage. And then plus the group of freshmen that we have, um, we feel like they – They've exceeded, um, you know, our expectations and what we expected from them, and they stepped up in their role. Um, both Najee Marshall, Elias, and Paul, um, they bring different things to the table, and I just feel like with the experience that we have, plus those uh, new incoming freshmen, um, it just makes us a deeper team, and I feel like uh, a more athletic team as well. Gonzaga's been there, Villanova's been there. You know, go back and there's, you know, Wichita State, even the crazy runs by VCU and George Mason. When you chose Xavier, how much did you say, you know what, why can't Xavier get there? You know, that was that was one of the main reasons. You know, uh, I've always been the type of person to go to um, a school that, you know, uh, you know may not have had as much success like the Final Four or win a national championship. And um, I always just dreamed of myself going to that school and being a part of one of those teams, being a part of history. So um, I knew Xavier was a good team moving into a great conference. And with the guys they had there, plus the guys coming in with me, I knew that, you know, we had the opportunity. And um, just as we move forward through the years, um, that, that goal has become more realistic. What's it going to take to finally, and you guys probably have the best chance of anyone, to finally unseat Villanova atop the Big East? Uh, it's going to take a full 40 minutes of just toughness and being locked in. I mean, Villanova's number one in the country. Um, you know, they're, they're the best team out there right now. They're, they're fundamentally sound. And they uh they need to play hard all forty minutes, and we just got to match that toughness, match that energy for the full forty. And I feel like uh, if we do that, it'll be a pretty good game. What do you love most about being an NCAA student athlete? Um, you know, just the fact that you get to travel to different places, uh, you know, kind of go around the country, uh, from place to place, see different atmospheres, different places. Um, I enjoy that the most. And how would you describe your game if someone said, you know what, this is how I play? What would you say? I would just say I'm a guy that has a great feel for the game, um, tries to make winning plays, uh, goes out there, uh, feels like you know, he's the best on the court, I'm the best on the court, and um, you know, just doing whatever it takes to get my team to win. You know, look, I, I, I don't just, you know, I, anyone that can go to the NBA early, out of high school, if they ever change that back, more power to them. But what have you shown about hard work, effort, an overall development that can be put forth by staying in school and ultimately maybe reaching your potential. What, 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 what can you say that you've done that can be a good model for that? Um, just when you go through the whole college process, staying there for years, I mean, you get the development, like you, you get older guys who, um, you know, have a closer feel and a closer style of play towards the NBA, you know, high school, um, high school is just high school. You know what I'm saying? It's not, you know, it's not broken down um, to a T like college is, like the NBA is. And, um, you know, you're just playing tougher guys, better guys. And, um, you know, the development over the years that I've had, you know, staying in the gym, having the opportunity to work and going against different guys, seniors, juniors, um, you know, it, it really, I feel like it really sets you apart and it puts you ahead of a group as far as the experience goes. Trayvon, one last thing before we let you go. Uh, JP Makira has, you know, uh, he's feisty. 
uh, I'll leave it at that. I mean, obviously, you know, uh, Cincinnati, Wisconsin fans. I mean, what is it about you play with him? What is it about the way he carries himself that when you're on his team, that it's a huge benefit? Well, see, that's what most people don't, they don't know that like, you know, you, you hate to play against him, but when he's on your team, you know, he's the best teammate, one of the best teammates. I mean, he cares nothing but about the team. You know, he's going to play hard every time he's in. Um, and he brings that feistiness, you know, he brings that energy, uh, you know, all the energy that we bring on the quarter starts from him. And, you know, I think the team looks at him to kind of, you know, be the guy to, you know, step up and then, uh, bring the energy. And I think he does that. So, like I said, you know, he's one of the best teammates to have, uh, love playing with him. And I love the fact that everybody else hates him. <laughs> well, it, it, I'll tell you this, uh, a lot of people are loving your game for sure. And the way you're carrying yourself and, uh, JP will grow on people. Well, yeah, there's no question about that. Uh, Trayvon, we appreciate right. it and uh, look forward to seeing you throughout the course of the season. You're off to a great start and uh, hope it continues. Thank you. All right. Appreciate that. And that'll wrap up this edition of March Madness 365. Thanks for listening.